everyone, and welcome back to the Beyond the Page podcast. My name is Ardia Eichner, and I am the Editor-in-Chief of the Prism Arts and Literary Journal. And today I am joined in the studio by a couple very special guests. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves? My name is Bob Santelli, and I am the Director of um, Popular Music Studies and Performing Arts here at OSU. I am Dana Reason. I work on popular music and contemporary music here at Oregon State. So to start off with, uh, do would you guys mind telling me and our audience about what the Popular Music Studies program is? Certainly. Um, this is a new minor that's on campus for our students, and we're really excited about this because we now have Bob Santelli in residence with us here working at Oregon State on this uh, spectacular program, to be honest. Um, so we're going to, I'll let Bob tell us uh, some of the legacy people that he's worked with and what he's been doing in popular culture for really 20 plus years of experience worldwide. Well, I'm happy to be here at OSU and um, I'm here almost full time these days. Uh, I split my time still between OSU and the Grammys. So uh, I commute up here weekly from Los Angeles and uh, still do my my thing with the Grammys until um, for the next year or two. And then I'll be up here full time to devote uh, full time to the creation and maturation of uh, this thing called popular music studies, which is really uh, an attempt to uh, allow students the opportunities to take a few courses that will uh, enhance their chances and uh, increase their knowledge about popular music and the opportunities to work in the music industry, whether it's locally or in Los Angeles or Nashville or New York, some of the major hubs for, for popular music. So really, if if you're an accounting major, let's say, and you have a dream or uh, plans to try to work in the music industry as an accountant, having the popular music minor gives you a real leg up um, because it allows you to learn about the music business, learns, you learn about music culture, the history of American music, the kind of things that uh, we're listening to today, young people as well. And uh, you'll also get that opportunity to connect with key people in whatever city it is that you wanted to perhaps live in and work in. So um, what we're offering here is pretty unique. Uh, even though there are music industry classes and courses, uh, even minors uh, around the country in selected schools, I think what we have here at Oregon State is really special. And I think if I could sum it up, main reason is because Oregon State University is a Grammy Museum University affiliate. There are only 25 of them in the world, and uh, OSU is the only one in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, there's only three or four of them on the West Coast, the other prominent one being USC, University of Southern California, which is just down the street from the Grammy Museum in LA. But um, uh, So Oregon State is in a real key position uh, and students are in a real uh, key position to take advantage of these opportunities that we're about to unfold here at, on campus. Wow. I had no idea that we were affiliated with the Grammys. That's incredible. Yeah. It's one of those Oregon State secrets, but we, we, wanna, we want it to not be a secret any longer. We want everybody to know and to be able to take advantage of this tremendous opportunity that our students have by being affiliate school. So Yeah. Yeah, so what does that mean to be an affiliate school? Because what I know about OSU is that we're really STEM-focused. And so what does that mean as far as being in the music industry? Is that 
related to uh, like business more often, or is that like more in the liberal arts sort of department? Well, the popular music studies program comes out of the College of Liberal Arts. I'm yeah. affiliated with the College of Liberal Arts, and I think you're right. I think traditionally the university has uh, been very much about science and technology, engineering, oceanography, all great and very, very important uh, um, cultures and, and programs that quite honestly have made OSU world renowned in these areas. But you know, a, a great university uh, needs to have a wide cross-section of courses and interests and provide the broadest possibilities for students here. Uh, like yourself. I mean, here you're involved in arts and literature here. Uh, and so, you know, I think we're probably cut from the same cloth. The idea is to give students on campus, those who are interested in the arts, in popular music in particular here, uh, to, um, to maximize their time on campus, take the kinds of courses, be exposed to the kind of experiences and programs that uh, a, a popular music studies program can bring to a campus. So um, that's the goal. And uh, for those people, uh, young people, high school students who are interested in popular music, be a music teacher, you want to be a music ed uh, a teacher. Um, the kind of programs that we offer uh, are designed really to make you, at the very, very least, a better listener, a more sophisticated uh, listener, and under, gain an understanding as to how American music helps identify us as Americans, because it's such an important part of our popular culture. So these are things that perhaps in the past have never been offered here, but that has changed, and uh, it will increase. So I can give you an example. Just last night, we had about, oh, maybe 25 or 30 students. We meet weekly. Um, it's something called Songwriters in the Round, where we bring together uh, emerging songwriters on campus. They meet, they share their songs, we critique them, and uh, ultimately we select the best songs and we'll take them into our recording studio here on campus and actually record them. So, uh, so these are opportunities, again, that have flown or still, I guess, fly under the radar. We're, that's about to change uh, as we bring out more and more programs uh, and courses that uh, students will be able to take and hopefully enjoy and find fulfillment in. Yeah, to, to add to what Bob's talking about, too, is that we, we have been a STEM-oriented university, but we're really trying to add that A back in, so STEM to STEAM. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's a really um, campus-wide initiative. And popular music fits in perfectly with that because popular music is an industry where the evolution of technology at the same time as the evolution of the American soundscape, which is very broadly defined, um, comes together. So we, ha so for our, for example, for engineering students to be able to see how the technology enhanced through historical uh, and technological developments and then learn about how the music shifted with those, uh, you know, locally, regionally, um, globally, um, is an opportunity for them to kind of be cutting edge engineers in a way. I mean, if you look at jobs, I, I ask my students, why don't you look at jobs that Google is um, hiring people for? And you'll see that they want musically oriented people. So they want their engineers to have this broadly defined um, base of information, right? Um, especially because America is unique in the way that we thought about popular music, the way we created this here in, in America. Um, 
But I could think about in law. We have uh, in entertainment law, for example, if you are someone coming out of here with popular music minor and you happen to be in musical forensics, which is, you know, the whole industry of understanding who sampled what or who borrowed from somebody else's music. This is a very emergent and very um, important leg of kind of copyright uh, law today. So we would be able to give you that, you know, you would understand the in, in kind of the scope of American music, the technologies of American music and how things you might be able to train your ears, so to speak, to hear these reference points in, in a court of law, which is a is a job that people do. <laughs> That's incredible. Yeah. So am I understanding correctly that the minor is sort of built to be like a point of just integrating popular music into other majors. You've mentioned a couple things like record deals and music forensics, which is incredibly interesting to me. What other ways could someone integrate popular music into other fields? Like, what is the, the function of this, I guess? If you want to be a, a writer about music, you love music, but you want to write, you know, you're a historian, but you want to take the angle of thinking about music and culture or the the identity of culture in in popular music or kind of issues around gender in popular culture. I mean, there's a lot of different legs that can be extrapolated. So you could be the historian, you could be um, specifically in music, you could be in technologies. You could be in marketing, you could be in uh, public relations, uh, you could be in technology. There are a number of, um, of opportunities and, and the minor is really designed to complement your major. You know, uh, like I said, uh, it, it's not just for people who want to work in the music industry. You can take the minor just because you're such a serious fan. You want to know more about music and both contemporary and traditional musics, uh, history of rock and roll or reggae or, or just a, an American music survey class. Uh, you'll learn, if you want, about concert production, about music technology. I mean, these are all kinds of things that we either are offering or will offer shortly. But basically, like any industry, any culture of any industry, there are many, many avenues into a job. And so the idea is to fortify the student with as many opportunities and assets that they have uh, when they graduate from here to achieve those dreams. And if it's the music industry or in the music world that you want to work and begin a career, then our goal is to provide you with the knowledge, education, contacts, experience that give you the best chance. I was going to add to that. One of the things that's unique. So this is the first term that um, Professor Santelli is offering American music. And we have a pretty big class. Is it you know, 75, 80 students? It's really exciting uh, from all uh, majors. It's just a, we were wondering who came. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's just kind of a beautiful, wide um, uh, demographic of everyone on campus. Uh, we even have a few community members that have been uh, dropping by. Um, and one of the things that's remarkable to me to witness, and also the students have talked to me about this, is that you know there's no textbook in this course. This is this is Bob Santelli talking to us about the knowledge that he has, having been at the Grammys, having started the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, having published several books on on American uh, legends himself as a journalist and scholar. And these stories, so you're hearing kind of the story of American music. It's we, There's no textbook. So you, the textbook is coming and hearing how he weaves these things together. Mm -hmm. um, you're not going to find this information in the textbook. So this is 
uh, unbelievably unique for our school to have access to, to basically these oral histories situated in the now. So we have the beauty of a historical reference. So we have the beauty of some history behind us to talk about these things. But also, well, where were you, you know, just to share with the students, where were you just last weekend? You were in D.C.? Yeah. So I'm um, affiliated with the Smithsonian Library of Congress, and um, I'm on uh, a committee that helps select um, great American works, musical works that go into our American music treasury. And so for a few days last week, I was in uh, in Washington, D.C. with colleagues of mine, fellow music historians, uh, to debate and uh, attempt to select for a final vote and approval by the librarian in the Library of Congress uh, those recordings that will be announced sometime early next year as to which ones they are. And it's, uh, it's a lot of fun to do that. It's... Um, it's something that is a great honor for me to be a part of, but it, it just allows me to, um, to, if you will, connect and, uh, and share ideas with other music experts and, and historians around the country. That's incredibly cool. Mm -hmm. So uh, I'm curious, could you tell me a little bit more about what it means to be a, like a music expert? Like what is the importance of that culturally, of studying music in general? Is it important from like an artistic standpoint? Clearly it is important from a historical standpoint, but could you elaborate on that a sure. little bit more, why this is important? Well, you know, if you just step back into the previous century, for instance, into the 20th century, and you take a peek at the number of music forms that America basically created and developed, and now a part of the world music spectrum. And I'm talking off the top of my head, things like gospel music, blues, jazz, rhythm and blues, soul, hip hop, rock and roll, and all its various uh, offshoots and, and subgenres. It's safe to say that no country or culture has ever had a century like that, where we just simply exploded in, in musical creativity. And much of it had to do with African-American culture and, and the role that that particular culture played in the overall American culture. It's fascinating. But um, we are a deeply musical country. And uh, much of the world in the pop culture uh, realm, much of the world identifies us and uh, reflects on us through the music. So you can go anywhere. You can go to Brazil or Argentina and you'll hear music, American music. Go to Vietnam or Thailand, you'll hear it. You can go to Japan. You can go to literally any place in the world, as I have, and uh, you'll hear American music. And they've embraced it and now have put their own spin on jazz or blues or country music, whatever it might be. It's fascinating to see. So, you know, for someone who, um, like myself, who's spent his entire life either uh, in music and academia and journalism. Those are the areas, and I guess you would throw in museums as well. Uh, but I've, I've had the opportunity since I was a kid to spend my entire life in music. That was always my goal, somehow stay connected to the music that meant so much to me as a young person. And, um, and I've been able to do that. And so, as Dana said, you know, I've kind of developed a lifetime worth of experiences and knowledge and, and, and all the roles that I've played in, in American popular music. And now for me, uh, it's an opportunity to give back. You know, I think you always get to a point in your life when the vast part, much of the career now has, is, is over and you have an opportunity now to um, 
present those things that uh, you've learned, the things that you've gained, uh, the knowledge that uh, you found was very deeply meaningful to you and to share with young people, you know. I, I think in the end, if someone were to ask me, how do you define yourself? One word, I'd say teacher, you know, because all of this is something that uh, as I gained all of this experience and knowledge, what's the reason why I would do that? Well, it's to give back and to share. And so, you know, um, when it came time to select a university uh, where I wanted to do this, um, it was Oregon State. So I'm happy to be here and anxious to really, you know, jump into this and uh, fulfill the goals that I have for myself. And hopefully those are the same kind of goals that the university has as well. Yeah, we have a lot of students throughout campus that are very musical meaning they think about music, they might play music from their computer, they might just sing songs with friends, they might just pick up and play by ear and just teach themselves things. Um, students that aren't formally in our music program, of course, if they wanna go formally, we have a fantastic music education program here. But say the student is, is concentrating in another discipline and they just wanna, they wanna play the Bob Dylan songs or they just wanna learn the Beatles songs. This is, this is for them because now you're gonna connect the history and if you want to start making the music, you can go and be with other people that might have just taught themselves how to play these instruments or sing their songs or write their songs, go over to the songwriters in the round. And then if you want to do more, we have that on campus. We can say, okay, well, sounds like you want to have a bit more formal training. Let's hook you up with the teachers that are here or get you connected back to music in some way. So I'm a person that comes at music from the performing, making side of things. I also write about music different than Bob does, um, but my work's been a lot more situating kind of the experimental fringe, fringe musics, the indie side of, of music and what we've been doing in our country. But ultimately, maybe we're really talking about the importance of creativity and, 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 and how we want to have our students have that leg up. And in that creativity is the making of things, right? making up something. So we're demonstrating historically how these voices in American music have created literally, and, and we have films about this, something from nothing. You know, they're, they're getting together with a group of friends, um, and maybe our students can see these parallel uh, moments for themselves. You know, they just hang out and jam with their friends, and next thing you know, they've got a band, and next thing you know, they've diff they're cutting an album or they're going to KBVR and talking about their music. So we want to get people excited and, and let them know there's a place for them to think more deeply about the music. Um, and as they learn about these histories of music, um, they're going to start to connect like, oh, maybe I do make this kind of music. I didn't know it was a thing, right? Because, you know, when we think about what we might get just from, um, you know, YouTube videos and those YouTube videos tend to give you more YouTube videos that are things that you like. But what about those other outliers? What about that musical language and that history that you might have, you might not have known? Or maybe it's your grandparents or your great grandparents music and you didn't know about it. And then, then there's a resonance. So we're thinking like, wow, music is really many generations and many generations of, of sharing knowledge. Uh, so what happens if you went home for the Thanksgiving and then you could talk about the Beatles with your grandparents? I mean, that could be a very exciting intergenerational moment of, of a shared history and a shared love for musical practices in America. So I think that ultimately we're also we're training our students to really embrace creativity.
and know that there are many outcomes. There are many measurable outcomes, and there's also job opportunities for people that are willing to kind of be a little bit more individualistic in the way that they might be thinking about music or the history of music, mm-hmm. and, and see if that might influence their perspectives in their chosen fields as well. You know, we, we might have people that are uh, deciding they're just going to be amateur and they're going to be singer-songwriters as amateurs, but you never know how things go in your career. Yeah. You might start like that, and next thing you know, you've caught an album, and next thing you know, you made a hit. It just it happens like that. You've does, seen this, yeah. right, Bob? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, yes, you'll, you'll have your day job maybe per se, and maybe it's going to be in the music industry, or maybe it's going to be on the sidelines for a minute, sort of the side hustle till it can become that thing if you want it to be. So we're here for that. We're here to help the student, whatever level of engagement they want with this. Um, we're here with Bob, and Bob's bringing in guests. Can you tell us, like, who, who you, you've yeah. been bringing well, we, into town? Um, well, we have this, we have this uh, series that um, actually occurs at the Majestic Theater. It's called American Strings. And American Strings is basically a look at how a stringed instrument, be it a guitar, banjo, mandolin, fiddle, uh, has really been the most, the instrument that delves most into the American creative mind when it comes to music. And uh, we've done about, oh, maybe 12 of these so far. And uh, tonight we have a performer by the name of Carlene Carter. She came in from Nashville. She's a country singer uh, connected to the first family of country music, the Carter family, and also is the uh, stepdaughter of Johnny Cash. We bring these kind of people in. I kind of use my journalistic uh, background, and I'll do a conversation with them. Like Dana had said, we uh, are interested in the creative process. How do you write your music? What are your influences? Uh, what's the manner by which you create? Then afterwards, there's a um, kind of an unplugged, kind of in, informal performance as well, as if the audience there were eavesdropping on, in uh, Carlene Carter's living room or something. So it doesn't happen anywhere else but Los Angeles. I created the program the Grammy Museum in Los Angeles, and uh, uh, I've taken it up here now. So this is a series that has begun uh, at the Majestic, but when we have our brand-new Performing Arts Center and and Recital Hall here here on campus, uh, we'll move it on campus. That's very cool. And that's every Wednesday night? Happens two or three times a quarter. Okay. Yeah, so we have another one in early December, uh, another female singer, country-slash-folk singer by the name of Sarah Lee Guthrie, who's grandfather uh, was the great Woody Guthrie and father uh, Arlo Guthrie. So, you know, we're, we're trying to bring in student, uh, bring in um, artists that students might not know, but based on my knowledge of what they should know and who they should be exposed to. This is, and, and it's free for students. So we make sure that they have the access to come there, courtesy of uh, College of Liberal Arts. So, Dr. Reason, you talked a little bit about taking this and applying it to creativity. Um, Professor Santelli, do you want to talk a little bit about that, too, as far as what a student artist might get out of learning more about popular music, or what is the application of this on the arts specifically from a student standpoint? Well, any time that you can examine a person's creative process, uh, and you are a creative person yourself or aspire to be one, um, it's it's an ideal learning experience um, because you pick up pointers, you pick up inspirations, aspirations, um, and music is is one of the most uh, important art forms for young people. And so, by examining how great music is made, why it's made, who makes it, and where are the influences, 
uh, what's the inspiration for it, and then basically deconstructing songs or albums. This allows us the opportunity to see how the greats have done it and learn from it. Another program that we do, uh, this occurs once a month, and it's uh, something called Album Club. Album Club is much like a book club, except we're not reading books, we're listening to great music. So uh, just last week, uh, we deconstructed a very important jazz album, maybe one of the most important of all time. It was an album called uh, A Love Supreme by great saxophone player John Coltrane. And uh, it was fascinating to see how many students came. We had probably about 35 or 40 people there, some members from the community, but the vast majority were were um, students. And at the end, we're talking to some of the students as to why they came, and, and they, they had heard about the record, and um, they had told us that they had learned quite a bit on how and why this very important, very spiritual jazz album was made. So I felt real satisfied after that because I thought, you know, this was an opportunity to break open a great masterwork and for the students to peer into it, examine it. So at the very, very least, they become more sophisticated listeners and you can appreciate art because, you know, it's one thing just to turn out artists, whether it's painters or writers or, or musicians, but at the same time, in order for the arts to thrive, you have to have a very sophisticated giving audience as well. Because if you're a great guitar player, but no one shows up to hear you play, well, you can't make a living. And then your art form will have either go away or at the very least suffer in some capacity. Mm-hmm. So I am as much interested in turning out audience as well as I am artists. Mm-hmm. And even when the audience can understand the creative process and understand how great music is made, it just makes their appreciation for that art form so much better. Right? So the 80 or so kids we have in this American music survey class, um, a vast majority of them will maybe never even pick up an instrument. But the hope is they'll appreciate that music. And when it comes time to, uh, to attend a concert or to stream a song or to give uh, to a museum that sponsors music exhibits or whatever, they'll be there. And that, as I said, I, I'm always on a soapbox for the audience because I've seen over the course of years how many great artists have come and gone without making an impact simply because the audience wasn't there to support them. And um, that's something that um, I hope in our little way here at Oregon State we'll be able to rectify. To add to what, what Bob is talking about, I think it's important to, like you're doing with your journals, to bring music into the conversation with other art forms, mm-hmm. right? So understanding how the music mind works and, and how they've developed and created, use creativity, a particular way of thinking, or multiple ways of thinking, again, is another way to kind of influence and maybe um, disrupt nor, kind of the way that um, other art forms have been working without music, without the music mind. Now, to talk about how um, this is important for other art forms, think about um, album covers and album design. Think about music videos. If you have people that are here on campus and that they're primarily working kind of new media technologies or music technologies or visual art forms or graphic design, them understanding how the history of music has been represented visually. You know, the evolution of the music video is now we know a music video, you almost have to have a music video to sell your your work, yeah. right? Again, then yeah. this comes back to kind of the business and the marketing side of things. So if you're understanding the, the kind of the whole machinery, right? The writer themselves has to write the script to create the music video, 
I mean, there's, the, the liner notes have to be written, but you have to have them written from an understanding of kind of the of all musics to really uh, make an impact. So we're seeing this as something that music is central, but this is not without all these other disciplines kind of cooperatively forming and shaping vis-a-vis, -vis, you know, it's not just one way, music shaping out, it's it's two-way. So we're, we want to be part of those larger conversations that happen in the arts from the musical perspective and landscape. What an incredible program. Thank you. We're nice. excited. Yeah. <laughs> We're excited about this, very much so. We'd welcome our students to talk with our amazing advisor, Kristen Rohrer, uh, for music in CLA. And she can answer more questions or, or literally uh, point the students if they want to have more conversations with Bob or myself. We're, we'd love to talk with people, even if they're just curious about what the heck's going on. And maybe they can't join the program, but there's other things they'd love to be involved with. We'd love to hear from them and see what we can do for them. All right, well, thank you both for being in here. Thank you for joining me. Thank um, you for having us on thank your you. show. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> on your podcast. Yeah, yeah of course. Um, and just to finish off the podcast, another reminder that um, student work is due um, for this year's Prism Arts and Literary Journal on November 22nd at 11.59 p.m. Um, and we are accepting visual arts, poetry, writing, um, music, video, pretty much anything this year and we'll have an online portion in tandem to our print journal um, in which we'll be able to feature uh, student music and video artwork as well. All right. Wonderful. Well, thank you again. Thank, thank you. you.